only seed. King Jesus died on Calvary, the cross a flag of liberty, of life declaring truth to me, a seed must die to be a tree. The dawn was born a humble king, enduring hate to conquer sin. No mansions while on earth he roamed, knowing that earth was not his home. His destiny to bleed and die, to scream my worth was crucified. A life declaring truth to me, a seed must die to be a tree. Dad planted man with his own hand, gave him the keys to rule the land. But man became a lonely seed, rejecting his identity. A parasite he made abide, deceived God's seed to live a lie. That filthy lie subdued the earth. Death's lonely seed sown in the dirt, pursuing loss and selfish greed, obsessed with shameful pride and the need, producing barren vines of hate, a chardonnay for evil's sake, living obsessed to be a lie of lives that cannot glorify. The one who planted that first seed then did the same thing in our need, failing to live in victory. He showed us how to live so free. He had to die on Calvary and growing from his empty tomb a garden fear to seal the doom of parasites that fear the light god's garden spreading in his might heaven's a pure greenhouse shining bright the gardener revealed himself to mary on that day spraying the garden of the earth his blood drove sin away and planting seeds upon the earth his garden bursting free an orchard of pure souls that choose to die to be his tree Foxes are not pets. Avoid the pippy mindset. 
Lincoln here from Turn to Burn Family Family.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush maliteracy, or some people say effeminacy, and aspire to domestic excellence. We, in, we are welcoming you to another one of our divine downloads. This is FamtiFamily.com's Biblical News for the Confused, where we help males in biblical literate males, that is, to demystify or to unravel uh, theologically complex or confusing types of issues so that they can improve the, their priestcraft in their families. We're grateful for your attention today. We are today exploring Song of Solomon chapter 2 and we are focusing on a key verse, verse 15. We want to encourage males to understand at this time many people pity Jesus at Easter time but I don't believe Jesus wants our pity. In fact, I know that he does not want our pity but instead he wants our passion. What other book is there in the Bible that really encapsulates uh, the passion that God has for humanity, that he has for the Hebrew people, but for humanity in general, than Song of Solomon's. Now, we are exploring this book because we want persons to understand that God left us a good world to protect and to cultivate, and that world includes your family, your home, your estate, and however, the bad news is that we let the adversary of God, Satan, or the adversary of humanity, the adversary of love, Satan, the fox, ruined that good world. And uh, many of us, we have ruined families, ruined marriages, ruined and broken relationships with our in-laws, etc., that have been ruined by the PIPPI, PP mindset, uh, which is symbolic of the fox, Satan. Now, since Christ's birth and up to Calvary and onwards, Jesus of Nazareth joins us in the consequences of our failure to address the fox, ultimate fox being death and the grave, which are ultimate, which are the natural results of a sinful life, a life lived in opposition to God. And Jesus, in fact, uses death against itself. We're celebrating that at this time of the year around Easter. We might publish this a little bit later than Easter. This is what Adam, the first man, should have been to Eve when she messed up. So, essentially, Jesus wants us to take back our world, take back our families, take back our businesses, our marriages, etc. Through fighting the foxes or the Antichrist influences that we have let destroy it. Let's turn to Song of Solomon chapter 2. Let me bring that up on my Bible screen here. And we are just going to read through that as I bring it up. And that is the basis of our discussion today. I'll start from Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 15 and then go all the way through to Song of Solomon chapter 2. I am reading from the this is not this is the good news version of the Bible, good news translation of the Holy Bible. And this starts with the man's discourse. This Song of Solomon is a discourse just for those who don't know of, of a man between a man and a, a woman they're in a romantic relationship. The man begins the discussion in verse 15. How beautiful you are, my love. How your eyes shine with love responds 
How handsome you are, my dearest. How you delight me. The green grass will be our bed. The cedars will be the beams of our house. And the cypress, cypress trees the ceiling. I'm only a wildflower in Sharon. A lily in a mountain valley. The man responds. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among women. The woman. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my dearest compared with other men. I love to sit in its shadow, and its fruit is sweet to my taste. He brought me to his banqueting hall and raised the banner of love over me. Restore my strength with raisins and refresh me with apples. I am weak from passion. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand caresses me. Promise me. Woman of Jerusalem, swear by the swift deer and the gazelles that you will not interrupt our love. That scene breaks and we join another scene in verse 8. The woman says, I hear my lover's voice. He comes running over the mountains, racing across the hills to me. My lover is like a gazelle, like a young stag. There he stands beside the wall. He looks in through the window and glances through the lattice. My lover speaks to me, the man. Come then, my love, my darling, come with me. The winter is over, the rains have stopped. In the countryside, the flowers are in bloom. This is the time for singing. The song of doves is heard in the fields. Figs are ripen beginning to ripen. The air is fragrant with blossoming vines. Come then, my love, my darling, come with me. You are like a dove that hides in the crevice of a rock. Let me see your lovely face and hear your enchanting voice. Catch the foxes, the little foxes, before they ruin our vineyard in bloom. The woman, my lover is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies until the morning breezes blow and the darkness disappears. Return, my darling, like a gazelle, like a stag on the mountains of Betha. someone you know are interested in buying, selling, or investing in real estate in Naples, Florida. Give Rashid Willesley a call at 239-207-2955. That's 239-207-2955. Welcome back to another episode of Divine Downloads. This one is on foxes are not pets. Are not pets. Avoid the pippy mindset. We just read through Song of Solomon chapter two. We're grateful for your attention today. So our goal today is to really help to animate increasing love and service to Jesus of Nazareth and his family by one. We want to present a quick over, not so quick, but. An overview of Song of Solomon's 2, and then we want to drill down a little bit on the key verse, Song of Solomon 15, which is where 
the male lover tries to get a partnership with a wife with his spouse to to drive out foxes out of the fertile fertile um, field and three we will include various exercises to help you to identify foxes that may be affecting your capacity to manifest love and to receive love in our homes and in our personal world so our main theme today in this divine downloads is that jesus of nazareth's cross shows us as men that love involves a gruesome battle against a fox fox mindset and here f here speaks to a mindset that it is driven by false thoughts which present the wrong jesus the o in the fox here speaks to obnoxious thoughts that make jesus repellent and undesirable now on the point of obnoxiousness in the fox uh, on this point jesus was attractive to the masses and he even drew the false leaders who reviled him now jesus will draw all to him once he is elevated as a as a sacrificial lover Jesus says in the New Testament, If I be lifted up, I will draw all unto me. And this added, all men or all humans unto me. So on the point of Jesus, of the, the fox which makes Jesus obnoxious, makes him repellent, makes him disgusting and undesirable to humanity, that is a part of the devil's strategy to repel people away from Jesus. And the ex in the fox mindset is xenophobic thoughts. These are thoughts of close-mindedness against Jesus. So the fox just speaks to F, false thoughts against Jesus, O, obnoxious thoughts, and X, xenophobic thoughts. On the point of the xenophobic thoughts against Jesus, the point on this point, the holiness of Jesus of Nazareth has been misused by many to present him as so unique and transcendent or beyond the humans that he is essentially made inhuman and unrelatable to us and so we develop xenophobia of him as we fear and withdraw from what seems alien to us now we're making this point hebrews 4:15 speaks to jesus as one who is relatable a high priest who understands everything we have been through everything that we can, we are experiencing as humanity he understands about transgenderism he understands about homelessness he understands about um, sex urges and drives about political oppression about being a ghetto youth he understands all these things but of course the the devil paints jesus in a in, a, in such a holy brush that he seems so unrelatable to us and the people who are afflicted by let's say transgenderism people who are afflicted by poverty by sickness people don't see jesus as relatable to them at all we're seeing that's another xeno that alien the alienation of jesus results in the xenophobia because of course if any alien is trying to engage you you're going to withdraw from that alien he's not relatable now jointly these thoughts create a fox that is an antichrist community leader home leader that's affecting your personal world now you identify a fox personality as the combo of being false obnoxious and xenophobic and jesus lovers combat this fox mindset to defend intimacy in our homes and in our communities now we through priestcraft and priestcraft is here 
where we're talking about strategic daily tasks that promote harmony between God and man, example in our prayer, Bible study, discipleship, evangelism, etc. These prescribe create habit creates habits that keep that fox mindset away from us. And we disciple that fox away from our loved ones. And Jesus partners with us to do so. Love goes beyond the fuzzy, warm feelings to violent spiritual action to defend relationship from hostilities, i.e. the foxes. In a world with evil, love and intimacy will be killed. We are left undefended. That's part of the strategic story of the cross of Jesus of Nazareth. That is, we are like fresh meat to wolves. But that's another divine war strategy of victory through vulnerability. We might do another divine downloads on that in the future. Refocusing. So Song of Solomon's is a Song of Solomon is a series of love poems between a courting couple with a man, seemingly a landowner, a farmer, some even say King Solomon himself, and the woman seems an oppressed laborer. They don't seem of the same the same uh, socio-demographic background. Man seems rich, woman seems poor. It's a romance thriller of passionate longing under tests and frequent separation. It ends the biblical lineup beginning from Job or what are called the wisdom books, that is books written, to influence Hebrews' morals and way of everyday life. And as such, this book is more than reflective romantic literature. Job, for example, uses tragedy. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes employ logic, but Song of Solomon's employs romance to reveal God's passion for humanity and encourage us to love him. We'll be right back after the break. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. You can hear from Turn to Burn, FantiFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave. We are grateful that you are with us and are very attentive on this Divine Downloads Manliness Rally. And we are continuing on the topic, Foxes are not pets, avoid the pippy mindset. And we are in Song of Solomon chapter 2, going through and looking at this topic of how we can really evaluate our passion for Jesus. Thank you for your attention. So seeing that we are as much emotional as logical beings, the author in Jewish tradition, King Solomon, employs divine romance. That is a physical show of commitment, appreciation, value, eagerness, intensity, and excitement amongst lovers 
to influence our daily choices about right and wrong. That is, those who love God will physically act out their passion by choosing to do what pleases Him. Song of Solomon is read at Passover or Easter. Some people say Song of Songs. So this book is read at Passover or Easter by Orthodox Hebrews as Passover or Passion Week is seen as a time of God's forceful show of love for his bride Israel against her enemy Egypt. The book begins and ends with the woman longing for her man. During the book, this couple's love is tested as the woman is burnt from the sun as she works under oppression by her own family. Her man's estate is under attack by little foxes. She diplomatically fends other women away from her man. She is beaten and embarrassed by the police as she pursues her man. But yet, amidst all this, she maintains her love for her man. Because of her passion for her man, she seems to be in intense and violent suffering. See Song of Songs 5 verse 7. Now, this couple are often separated and desperately searching for each other. But when they are together, the sparks fly. In the reference track, Song of Solomon's 2, we see five pippi foxes, P-I-P-P-I foxes, namely, number one, pride. Pride's a fox. Verse 1 begins with the woman's humility whilst being complimented by her man in Song of Solomon 1.15. She sees herself as amongst other beautiful beings as Sharon is a beautiful Palestinian plain, but she is in a valley or a depressed or low place. For fallen humans, compliments usually lead to pride. That is, seeing oneself above others in value. And this concept of pride, which is much different from confidence, this is offensive to Genesis 1 verse 27. Covetousness and pride seem like the causes of Lucifer's fall. Lucifer, the archangel who um, was given a task to guard the tree of life and he did not do such a good job however this sorry i think he was to guard the tree of knowledge of good and evil apologies however this woman knows that humility is critical to intimacy with god and humans we encourage you to do this exercise on a scale of 0 to 10 with 10 being in that you're in full agreement Rate yourself and your family on this statement. I or we believe we are better than those we interact with. I or we believe we are better than those we interact with. We urge you to check Bible references Luke 18, 9-14 and Galatians 6.14 when you are putting your when you are preparing your response. Jesus' cross shows the humility of the Godhead to complement us with divine blood, 
but the fox will go as far as acknowledging that and acknowledging that Jesus shed his blood and then somehow being a boastful follower of Jesus. Boasting has no place in a love relationship, as 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 reads. So the first P there speaks to pride. The I in PP speaks to, number two, indifference or lukewarmness. And we will continue after the break. We killed God's son, so let's eat. Divinity reduced and abused the pile of meat in a tomb. To erase mankind's doom, he endured our tragedy. The Passover lamb to address our malady. The fallacy that we cannot help ourselves. Then how does a babe do good if not by choice? Professor Bloom's facts adding an impartial voice that we are moral agents. Like Gravano informing that we deliberately choose to sin. So we consciously choose to kill our king. And like Nimrod, let's not waste this hunt. The murder of Christ wasn't a movie stunt as Judas wasn't his double. He was betrayed by us all to free us from divine trouble. Any hunter will know it's an abomination to waste your kill. And since we are responsible for making his pure blood spill, let's at least eat because Deuteronomy 8.3 says we were created. Christ divorce. Thank you for returning on this Divine Downloads with us at FamityFamily.com. We are going through this topic that foxes are not pets. Avoid the pippy mindset. We are looking at how dangerous factors such as pride, indifference, promiscuity such as passivity and ignorance affect our passion in our relationship with God and in our own family. We urge that people want to look at and keep constant surveillance on these what we call PP factors as they affect the welfare of your family, your capacity to love, which is a fruit of, we say, the Holy Spirit, the energy of God. We're grateful for your attention today. We just went through the first factor of the fox mindset, which is pride. Now we're on the second factor of the fox mindset, which is indifference or lukewarmness. We mind these from Song of Solomon chapter 2, going through and looking at how passionate people relate to each other. So here, the second factor in the, pipif, the mindset of the fox, which is a false, obnoxious, xenophobic leader is lack of bias for God. We say here, indifference or lukewarmness is a fox. In verse 2 of Song of Solomon 2, the man reveals that he sees other women as thorns around her. He is preferentially committed to her and sees others as unfruitful compared to her. Thorn is a, 
uh, uh, no thorn represents normally barrenness and some form of unfruitfulness. Now, because the woman in the Song of Solomon is thought to represent the Hebrews, she can therefore be seen as barren. In many biblical stories, a man loves a barren woman. Example, Elkanah loving Hannah in 1 Samuel, Abraham loving Sarah in Genesis, etc. However, in all these stories, there is fruit that usually results in the end, normally a child or some, some positive outcome and welfare that is birthed from this couple. God's people are those who overcome spiritual barrenness and with spiritual barrenness we see as really the nature of sin and we overcome spiritual barrenness or the sinful nature to birth the will of Yahweh or Hashem. It's unfair for Yahweh to reward people who are unfruitful and nonchalant against him even though he is still merciful as Micah 7:18 says to provide their basic needs but he rewards those who diligently and passionately seek him and serve their personal world God is fairly biased in favor of his passionate lovers we use this point people normally say if God is fair how can he be biased it is in his biasness that he is fair in favor of his passionate lovers it would be unfair for him to treat humans who are not passionate for him the same as humans who are passionate for him exercise 2 on a scale of 0 to 10 10 being that you completely agree rate yourself and your family on this statement I or we are not impactfully serving in our home and community. I or we are not impactfully serving in our home and community. On the cross, Jesus shows a preference towards the Hebrews and by extension all else who will trust him. That is, would he be on the cross if not driven by a bias to save his people from their sin? and barrenness as he wants a fruitful humanity. However, Jesus' death will do nothing to save unbelievers, that is, the spiritually barren, and so by definition is a romantic act of a biased lover towards those who love and trust him. Let's think about this also. Demons can sin, but cannot be saved. And so, salvation is definitely biased for humans in love with God. If God's salvation is not biased, then as Professor David Bentley Hart asserts, all the world will be saved and trusting and loving God is irrelevant. But I'm paraphrasing. He, he doesn't say this. I don't want to libel him. But that's uh, what I am. That's what his. Uh, that's the assertion from his thesis and doctrine. So, if God is biased in rewarding those who love Him with eternal life with Him, how can He justify? How can we justify being lukewarm and indifferent? A lukewarm person is not set apart or holy as they take the temperature of the room they are in rather than setting its temperature. 
made the point that if you're lukewarm you can't be holy holy is where you're different from those around you lukewarm is where you fit in with those around you we want you to check deuteronomy 6 verses 4 to 6 1 corinthians 13 4 to 8 john 15 10 to 14 when you respond to that exercise above the third pp factor factor of the pp mindset the next piece so we have um, we have the first P being pride, the second I, the I being uh, indifference, the third P, the, uh, sorry, P being pride, I indifference, P here and now again being promiscuity. Now in verses 3 to 7, the woman is so passionate that their romance drains her and the man restores her energy. The woman details how her man is most fruitful comforting showers her in love and strengthens her and so she diplomatically tells all other women to back off i mean i know of stories when you talk about love draining someone i know stories of persons who are lovers and they are let's say distant from each other and when they meet it's almost as if they are so 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 intense towards each other that their passion their energy is totally drained when they see each other and so this woman here is is one that is her romance is so high towards the man their romance is so high that it drains them physically however the man is able to restore the woman show her comfort her strengthen her and so this woman says that she's diplomatically telling all the other women of jerusalem to back off Christians or Christians as we say in family family are spiritually and aggressively monogamous. In verse 8 to 10a of Song of Solomon 2, the woman in the couple is in a new scene and recognizes her man's voice as he runs to her and speaks to her. He pays attention to her and is interested in engaging, not just saving her. Just selfishly, quote-unquote, using God to avoid hell is an infamous tell of the fox mindset. God pursues his lovers to engage them and produce spiritual fruit. The fox mindset further says that you should spread your worship around to many gods and not engage deeply with any one. In being spiritually promiscuous, you diversify your spiritual devotion and not get too attached to anyone. That's a very popular economic um, theory of, of diversification to manage risk. I guess we are being spiritually diversified when we are promiscuous and, and engage in idolatry. Exercise 3. True or false? Someone or thing exists to reduce my loyalty to serve Jesus. Someone or thing exists to reduce my loyalty to serve Jesus. And that's a true or false question. We encourage you to look at Exodus 20 verses 3 to 5 as you respond. Tis the season to be silly. The pinnacle of our democracy to dip our slimy fingers in ink. Our Titanic continues to sink. Our cadavers proudly stiff and stink with fingers dark blue. 
voting for the old man and demoting the new. Stubborn for human 1.0, knowing he is our greatest foe and wasting Jesus' tears. Earth's kings shed crocodile tears to get their hands in the cookie jar. Still Christ's tears matches his scars. The apex king who cries. The endless life who dies to break the grip of sin on humanity. Still we worship democracy, the idolatry of choice. But above our vote echoes a voice that wails for evils kept. Our king loves humans so much that he for humans wept. Passivity is a fox. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, continuing on this divine downloads on the issue of the foxes that affect our spiritual fruitfulness and we say in this rally here that we have to really be careful of the spiritual forces around our lives and that we host in our lives we're grateful that you are here today we're in the song of solomon chapter 2 and we're going through this verse in a uh, i guess some people say textual way and sort of mining some issues around how the Antichrist forces want to make us barren and unable to produce love in our homes. And we're in now verse, we've been going through what we say, PP factors that affect our, our passion and our, our intensity for serving and loving our community. And we know that the essence of love is really Jesus Christ and his God. And at this time in Easter, the Easter season, we people look at this as a gruesome time and a very brutal time uh, in the history of Christianity or Christianity, as we say. But we see it as one of the most passionate and um, forcefully loving acts that God has done to really show that he loves humanity and wants to have a relationship with us so we are making this point that one of the fox mindsets is passivity in verses 10b to 15 of song of solomon 2 the man here wants the woman to come away with him as winter winter here is figurative for barren harsh times is over and the fruits are ripening now the season has changed from barrenness to fruitfulness he the man invites the woman to join him to protect their farm their estate from intruders that is little foxes who want to destroy their fruitful estate and remember we say that foxes are not pets we should avoid the pippy mindset and we're going through the pippy mindset here Many people disregard small character flaws early in life. Remember that they say uh, that we should catch the little foxes. So we're looking at foxes as little character flaws early in life. And things like entitlement, porn, addiction, anger, pride, gluttony. And later in life, these same issues, these same little foxes lead to 
people and their family members ruin. Additionally, the fox is shrunk down to size as little. So despite death and Satan being our adversary, the greatness of our lover dwarfs their tragic influence in our lives. This is the reason in our understanding that Jesus died and resurrected to drop a divine nuclear bomb on the fox and to, and here we see the fox as death and hell or sin in general and to Jesus' death and resurrection incites passionate lovers to do a number of things. One, we want to address character flaws based on the power and the influence, the passion of Jesus that we have in our lives. We see his passion and respond in a similar, well, I guess, in as best a manner as we can. Uh, the passion that Jesus shows us in his death and resurrection incites us to charge for him and to passionately serve our personal world. Ezekiel chapter 13 verse 4 identify these manifestations of the fox mindset in false prophets whilst Christ identifies a political leader Herod as a fox in St. Luke 13 verse 32. The biblical narrative reveals the fox mindset in misleading and oppressive spiritual and political leaders who misrepresent Jesus of Nazareth to make people hate him and at minimum be lukewarm or indifferent towards him. Christ addressed the religious foxes of his day very aggressively theologically and even physically throughout their money changers from his temple. Christ addressed the political foxes with wisdom as he engaged the Roman leader Pilate and the Hebrew puppet leader of that time, Herod, mainly around his trial. We're called to be spiritual and political activists through discipleship and service in our domestic world, more so than in corporate church services and voting and lobbying. Now, we know the root of these foxes are thoughts that war against knowing God. So to combat foxes requires that our family units be mentored to know God, which is only possible through Jesus of Nazareth. Fox extermination is not new to God and is exactly what he did when Moses was invited to lead the Hebrews from being slaves to Egypt, a fox, to victoriously and wealthily return to their land in Canaan, which was overrun by fox-driven nations. Jesus repeatedly has parables of a master leaving his field for his servants to steward, with the servants often having different levels of success in bearing fruit in those fields. And we can view our minds, for example, as the field and Antichrist thoughts as the foxes promoted by the dark side. We are partners with Jesus to enter a war against evil and dark thoughts. The fruit of the Spirit, and we see those in Galatians 5, 17-22, will be destroyed in our lives, the love, joy, peace, the gentleness, meekness, goodness, faithfulness, patience, and self-control. These things will be destroyed in our lives where we refuse to fight and be passive. 
Now we are saved to join God in brutally defending his field from brutal foxes and not to be passive. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. returning on this divine downloads we're going through the well five not the but five of the factors that prevent your family from being fruitful in a spiritual manner we're going through song of solomon chapter two in doing this and we believe that this is very useful in helping us to address issues in our family such as pride indifference promiscuity passivity and now the last issue for today that we well one of the last issues that we look at for today is ignorance or blindness. Thank you for being present and we're grateful for your attention today. Now, being spiritually ignorant or blind is a fox. Now, Song of Solomon chapter 2 verses 16 to 17 end with the woman sharing her commitment to and longing for the man she wouldn't recognize centuries later. He doesn't arrive in the form she expects, and God does this often. We can see First Kings nineteen eleven to thirteen. God is not in the large big man. God is often not in the large manifestations and show, but in the still small voice. We recall Jacob being in Bethel after his famous Jacob's Ladder dream and commenting that God was in this place and he never knew, that is, he was ignorant and that's in Genesis 28:16. Jesus of Nazareth, our Messiah, our Savior, he taught that knowing God is eternal life. He taught this in John 17, 3 when he's preparing his disciples to be able to operate without his physical presence there. Our ignorance makes us miss divine intimacy. Our ignorance makes us miss divine intimacy. True lovers long for and recognize each other regardless of form. So that's the fifth factor. We could go a little more in detail, but in the interest of time, we are going to move forward fifth factor there being ignorance or spiritual blindness is another thing that prevents us from being fruitful for Jesus in our homes. So from the overview of Song of Solomon chapter 2, we recognize five foxes, as we could say, namely PIPPI mindsets of pride, indifference or lukewarmness, some people say, promiscuity, passivity and ignorance. Again, that's pride indifference, promiscuity, passivity, and ignorance. Now, to influence you to hate pippy foxes, 
let's press into the key verse song of solomon 2 15 uh, that we should uh, catch the foxes the little foxes before they spoil or or branches in bloom under this topic here we want to now zero in on so- song of solomon 2 15 under the topic jesus of nazareth is the relentless fox exterminator Good lovers protect each other from foxes by avoiding the P-I-P-P-I-P-P mindset. The Bible reveals Hebrews in a strained courtship with God. Not strange, but strained courtship with God. He, Hashem, starts off the courtship proving himself repeatedly as a credible spouse but often leaves because of the hebrews cherished little foxes or their relationship with the little foxes instead of defending against foxes we as humanity and then later when he narrows it down to the abrahamic covenant with the hebrews we let these foxes into the garden we know this world the narrative in genesis in the genesis 1 to 3 narrative god created this world as his garden and man and god were supposed to dwell together divinity and humanity together in this sphere uh, for all eternity we had we had bigger plans anyway on passover jesus addressed sorry on passover yahweh or hashem addressed pharaoh the egyptian leader and then repeatedly he handled foxes in the desert and then in canaan when they returned to the promised land canaan here being the promised land the land of the promise uh, that god made to abraham other fox exterminations include aaron's son's death and shiloh's destruction a point here is usually indisciplined religious families and leaders lead to communal and national destruction some of the foxes that god is addressing are those the hebrews have imposed on themselves example the golden calf the rebellion at mara Korah's rebellion civil sexual orgies civil civil wars breaking all the decalogue so you especially see these in numbers and the samuel the books of samuel the the the, the books of the the former prophets as they are called the Hebrews essentially break all the Decalogue and are being exposed to the consequences. This relationship is questionable. The relationship between the Hebrews and God is a questionable one. But there are moments of divine passion when Hebrews have leaders that are passionate for God. And these leaders show this by removing the little foxes. Example, we see Joseph, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, David, all these leaders leading up to Jesus of Nazareth, who is the Alpha leader and star of the biblical story, according to John 5.39, he addresses the mega fox of death and hell, making a point that all throughout Hebrew history, the leaders that are good addressed foxes, they addressed idolatry, they addressed the, the military issues around with their enemies around them in military campaigns, etc., and here we see God in the, the Godhead, Godhead in flesh, in Jesus of Nazareth, addressing the fox of death and hell.
transformation must arise. The risen lamb tears through the skies. No man's dark limits are despised. God's image no more in disguise. As the scales fall from man's eyes, he sees his sinful past as lies. Because Christ really did rise. Now man squeeze these different triggers. As man make these different figures. Making kings out of these jiggers. Proving Darwin wrong. Dodging tongues that grow news. To feed a web that needs views. Starving man becomes news farmers. His growling gut still his informer. So he transforms to a basest being. Thinking his account grows only by being mean. His eyes fixed on the ground, blind to the master done. Proving Darwin right with his every breath. His life, his own creation. Because he ignores the transformation that accompanies salvation. He chases an independent demonic illusion using breath fueled by Christ, convinced his efforts are solely by his might, again proving Darwin right, his life, his own creation. God did not invent that man. But as the Almighty Creator, his love still stands. He offers his only forgotten son for our divine ransom, because a transformation must arise. The risen lamb tears through the skies. No man's dark limits are despised. God's image no more in disguise. As the scales fall from man's eyes, he sees his sinful past as lies. Because Christ really did rise. So now, man squeeze these different triggers. As man make these different figures, making kings out of these jiggers, proving Darwin wrong. You can hear from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com's transformational man cave. We are continuing on this divine downloads which is famtifamily.com's biblical news for the confused where we help males to address confusing or complex theological or bible issues issues related to the logical study of god and we're grateful for your attention as we continue on this journey through this divine downloads on uh, foxes are not pets avoid the pipi mindset and we look at the fox as false obnoxious and xenophobic views of Jesus and the true humanity, the humans that we were originally meant to be. And we are looking at Pippi as five mindsets that we should uh, really uh, make extreme efforts to avoid these being pride, indifference, promiscuity, passivity, and ignorance. We look at Christ who, in this moment of of um, Passover or Easter now to us in the West, uh, how Christ addressed death and hell, which we say are the mega, or is the mega fox. Now, death and hell are used to promote a thuggish God who you only relate to or else 
and this usually drains the passion as he god is seen as a kind of gorilla pimp and not a compassionate romancer of course we're going through song of solomon 2 and we've drilled down on verse 15 in song of solomon 2 we should avoid the fox the fox wants to destroy the vine and make us unfruitful for Jesus and our families. And we know that the, the ultimate fruit that God wants to produce in our lives is love without addressing pride, indifference, promiscuity, um, passivity and ignorance. We won't be able to be impactful in loving our families and receiving love from our families. And we're saying that Jesus in addressing death and hell gives us the ultimate freedom to love. Because of the fox's work to fool and deceive, people blame God for death and hell and don't ascribe death and hell as a reward for a passionate relationship with the fox, Satan. The Hebrews suffer centuries of bad domestic, political, and spiritual leadership that is foxes. But when her man finally arrives, the outcome is disastrous. After all this longing for God, he shows up, but his bride turns on him. She doesn't address the little foxes of Song of Solomon or Song of Songs to some, 2 verse 15, that is, she, the Hebrews, and now us as humans in general, through John 3:16. We don't address poor domestic leadership, false prophets, poor governmental leaders, and ultimately we don't address our own Antichrist pippy thoughts. And so, as predicted in Song of Solomon 2.15, they ruin the vine. And corrupt, we corrupt ourselves to the point where, and then in the case of the Hebrews, the Hebrews don't love and cannot even recognize their lover. And you can see 2 Corinthians 4.14, where uh, 4 verse 4, uh, on that matter of the devil blinding us to Jesus, so we're not able to acknowledge him and receive love from him. Furthermore, satanic thoughts have transformed the Hebrews into a fox. Now, he, Jesus, remains faithful to the Hebrews and humanity in general, and through his love, conquers the most fearsome fox, death and the grave on Calvary and you can see Song of Solomon 8 6 to 9 Christ does what a messianic husband should be for his wife an intercessor standing in the gap whenever she fails and not an accuser Christ like the Nehushtan snake and this is the bronze snake that Moses held up in the wilderness I believe this is in the book of Numbers somewhere when they were rebelling against God, complaining, and God sent snakes. And we had, a, I believe we, we dealt with this before somewhere. And this Nehushtan snake, Christ became like the Nehushtan snake centuries before and assumes the image of the thing that has blinded and turned his lover from him. His lover, this is Jesus' lover, the Hebrews, has belittled his legacy and identity. The Hebrews have lived a demeaning existence which blasphemes or belittles the name of God. How can a holy God have an unholy spouse and unholy offspring? No one believes that they are really God's chosen people anymore. 
Simultaneously, Jesus is being killed for the crime of blasphemy, as he, a poor quote-unquote nobody, within a nation of quote-unquote nobodies, claims to be God's son. The fox has convinced the Hebrews that a Hebrew man from a ghetto town of ill repute cannot be God's son, despite the numerous miracles he has performed and his powerful teachings. There is absolutely no credible evidence that Jesus of Nazareth can provide to convince the Hebrews of his divine claim. He resurrects, and even after that, they still refuse to believe, see Luke 16.31, and the Jews have slandered his name ever since. Now, to combat PIPPI foxes, the pride, the indifference, promiscuity, passivity, and ignorance, we, this goes beyond natural logic to requiring spiritual force. Now, we're not, this, we're not going against apologetics and all of that, but we're saying that if you're an apologetic person and trying to look through logically and argue, logical arguments to convince people, to talk people into loving Jesus, we also, we also believe that those logical arguments need spiritual backing. Yahweh is no actor yet. He made you in his character. So despite satanic chatter, you still stubbornly matter. God's voice proclaimed as his blood splatter, backed up by baritone of Roman hammer. In chord C, the Lord spoke clearly and did not stammer. You matter enough for his son to die, God's eternal word in flesh crucified. After birthed from divine seed, our king would reign and with us grieve, using the bathroom to poop and pee. His body pierced to humans free. From sin and death and slavery, the veil he had to tear down. That religious vulture stoned. So his flesh was disowned, loaded with mankind's sin. He came his father's rule to bring. He forever resurrects death embarrassing. And then the dove with eagle's wing baptizes those who trust in him. That's how much you matter. God would empty eternal pockets, sending his messianic rocket of love. Peace on earth, goodwill from high above descends to humanity. The red flag flown through profanity on Calvary. Each beautiful scar on his flesh or trophy. The gospel roars, you're more than a syndrome. Love does God's image atone. But what did happen to all our sin? John 1.29 solves everything. When we behold our king, our sins are taken away. Similar to Nehushtan. Our pure king adopts foul orphans and gives them a blood transfusion and his own surname. Isaiah 45, 4, flesh tames and also applies to you. In Christ you are now royalty. Your DNA, 
his loyalty, that DNA now in your veins, and you are now Christ's raised remains for his breath to animate, complete human, not primate, ruling earth in the gift of his character. And if you were ignorant, that's how much you matter. Thank you for continuing with us on this divine download from FamityFamily.com on Foxes Are Not Pets, Avoid the PP Mindsets. We're grateful for your attention. Let's continue the journey. Now, the little foxes have been watered and fed and taken to the vet and given a comfortable home in the center of the minds of unbelievers and churchians who in our circumstances make Jesus a liar with daily non-discipleship and ignorance despite weakened pretense. They now worship the foxes as many will see religion, politics, money, and our lifelong lies, but not Jesus. So we'll serve our foxes, our lifelong lies, but we will not serve Jesus. Our passion for Jesus is usually what is left over after all other passions are satisfied. In our lives, we, uh, we harbor these foxes when we fail to represent God and similarly disciple our unloved ones. Christ's resurrection was his eviction of the foxes of death and hell's power over his estate of humans who love him. Song of Solomon 2.15 is a critical gospel verse as it is God's invite for his passionate lovers to overthrow falsehoods that result in us being blind to Jesus' love and therefore spoil the vine that is our intimacy and relationship with Jesus and therefore destroy our estate, that estate being our families, our homes, and this world. One message of the Book of Song of Solomons is that Love and passion conquers the foxes of death and hell. We cannot love God passionately with the pride, the indifference, the promiscuity, the passivity, the ignorance, or the pipi foxes in our lives. Repentance away from pipi towards the cross is a must for a relationship with God. See Luke 9, 23. God cannot make us love him as, or maybe we should say, God will not make us love him. As with PIPPI, we will even ignore his ultimate love symbols, the cross and his empty grave, to nurture our pet foxes. However, those foxes aren't pets and have turned on us to spoil the vine that is our intimacy with Jesus and make the tree barren. I mean, we see the, the example in the Old Testament of the Hebrew nation and what happened to them. The book of Malachi uh, ends uh, with a, a really dark time and it's not good. People have forsaken God. They've fallen into idolatry. And the, the Old Testament basically ends looking towards a future hope. But in a terrible moment where there is no fruit, there is barrenness, there is no intimacy with God and the prophet Malachi is essentially calling people to repentance turn away from idolatry don't forsake God uh, look at God as, as who he really is fathers will t- should turn back 
to their the children to turn back to their fathers etc and we're seeing that this is a natural result the breakdown in the society is a natural result that happens when we give in to pride to indifference about god to all the pipi factors in our homes the foxes spoil our intimacy with jesus and you can see john 15 1 and make the tree barren those cute pippy foxes purpose is to steal kill and destroy by separating us from jesus in our daily life we cannot produce love with those foxes that is religious and political deception and oppression in our lives and we will become hostile towards love in our personal world foxes want you dead to jesus and the pippy mindsets guarantee this if we can murder jesus then no one is safe not even our loved ones the foxes have discipled us that despite being fruitless for jesus being proud indifferent promiscuous passive and ignorant we can have great countries businesses marriages families and churches they say a secular humanist campaign that this world can only be great when we get rid of an irrelevant disgusting and non-human jesus now on calvary jesus christ totally in the words of a former caribbean prime minister mashed down that lie with his resurrection and ascension if we want to love and receive love we must address our pipi foxes the foxes are ruining god's estate our lives and we see the evidence in our homes and our environments remember samson defeating philistines using foxes to burn their field down see judges 15 1 to 8. on calvary just as david used the goliath's own sword to decapitate him jesus through his complete love which is described in first corinthians 13 4 to 8 turned death and hell against itself by using his death to defeat death and hell and jesus of nazareth invites us to get spiritually violent against anything that opposes knowing him in our domestic and public spaces loving god is binary that is we either love him or not as matthew 6 24 luke 16 13 teaches if you are unsure about your love for jesus identify and confess your foxes now those okay with pippy character flaws repeat this to jesus and those you may be hurting our relationship can be improved if i address this pp however i don't want to change now for those who want to change repeat after me heavenly father i immediately confess my pippi or pp foxes and i forsake them and i ask your holy spirit to fill that spot in my life instead in Jesus' name, Amen. You or someone you know 
are interested in buying, selling, or investing in real estate in Naples, Florida. Give Rashid Willesley a call at 239-207-2955. That's 239-207-2955. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn. Thank you for coming to the end of another Manliness Rally with us. If you need assistance in implementing and executing or following through on the proposals, on the suggestions, on the hints that we gave you today, we encourage you to visit us at famtfamily.com and to sign up for one of our Messianic programs. We also encourage you to join our Facebook family or at our Facebook handle, famtstrong. You can also email us at connect at famtfamily.com and can encouraging you to have a great day today crushing effeminacy why rob god in this world of you and your family and until next time be nuclear